Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week on the pod. We are happy to have you back once again. Thanks for tuning in. Got a lot lined up for tonight. A couple conversations between Jack and myself regarding MLW life and whatnot. And uh, 2022 is just rolling right along. And here we go. Episode 83. This is the Pipe It Up Podcast. Cue the intro. Jack, I feel like ever since the video podcast and all that hectic stuff we did before that dropped, this pod's kind of like moving in slow motion now, in my opinion. That's how it feels. But Yeah, it's definitely slowed down a little bit. A lot. But that might just be like, you know, we're getting better at it now. Now it's just like we're not even thinking about it's it. Just a well-oiled it's not machine. moving as fast. Yeah, it's a well-oiled <laughs> machine at this point. I mean, just yeah, spitting out pods. It is not too bad. It's not too bad. The editing is becoming quicker. Um, plus, like me and you, I feel like our like our flow is better. You know what I mean? Like we're not screwing up as much. The editing is it's almost a clean cut. I mean, I'll like have to chop up a few different things here and there and toss in some sound bites, but it's becoming more and more rare for me to like have to take out stuff or like pull out me and you just blank space of nothingness. We're like, uh, what do we talk about next? That kind of thing. Yeah. So definitely, yeah. we're definitely getting better at it. So I hope you guys have taken notice of that as listeners, as consumers of the pipe it up podcast. But before me and Jack bore you to death here, as we're saying, we're getting better. <laughs> as We talk about <laughs> ourselves. Uh, let's just get right into some MLW news. So as you guys know, uh, we typically have our opening day, you know, very end of April, early May, kind of in that range. So we're only a couple months away now, guys, uh, the season, Feels like the season just ended. I know we stopped uploading for the actual season content back in November. I want to say prior to Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and now we're just a couple months away from uh, opening day, the 2022 season. A lot of excitement, a lot of hype, a lot of new talent we're going to be seeing in this league. So, um, in preparation of that, I wanted to bring to everyone's attention who's tuned in that um, Kyle and I had our little—not that we only have one—but we had a bigger off-season meeting over the weekend, probably about a two-hour conversation, just going over. The main thing I wanted to meet with him about was just like everything that needs to get done before opening day because I always feel like in my head we always have like everything ready but then the day I were like scrambling to do like tiny things like getting the banners all ready and making sure they're all clean and the bases are they all clean and ready like the pitcher's mound what kind of shape is that and all that kind of stuff I was like we need to have in-depth nitpicky annoying conversations now starting now so that way opening day is as smooth as possible because it's, it's already hectic as it is. And uh, Jack, I don't know when's the last opening day you've attended. If ever. I don't know if I've ever been to an yeah, opening day, you should definitely Honestly, come. I definitely haven't back. played in one, so yeah, I don't think I've been to yeah, one. Yeah, it's yet. tough for you too because you're out on the East Coast usually when we're getting started. Yeah. So, um, but it's hectic, as you can probably imagine. There's just a lot of content we do. We usually go above and beyond, as you know, the YouTube algorithm does favor that video a bit, and um, it's always good to start off the year with a bang, you know. And of course, we try to keep that consistency. But first of the year, you go out there, want to put your best foot forward, so. And on top of of that, last year we had that documentary being filmed, like a special on Kyle being put on by that media company. So that was just a whole other crew there, more content. I mean, it was sun up till sundown last year, craziness. And that was the same day I got my rolling stop sign ticket. But anyway, so we're trying to minimize the craziness and make that feel like we're, you know, more prepared than ever, if if I can put that into words. You know, we're talking about like... Um, and along with that, besides just opening day, you know, that was one thing I wanted to hammer in Kyle's head now is like, we need to make sure, and you need to communicate with me, like everything that pops up that's like irritating for you or like a nuisance the day of, the day before, like, let's start delegating now. Let's figure this stuff out. And then as well as just like the 2022 season in general, you know, planning out schedules, figuring out um, potential draft prospects, you know, um, tournaments, venues we'd like to go to, budgeting, getting out new ideas, who we want to collaborate with. All that kind of stuff is things that me and Kyle talked about um, just yesterday and just bouncing off ideas off of each other. Like we, we do a lot, but it's always good too to kind of plan those things for like an actual sit down time. Because if you know, when you have those conversations in passing, it's easy to forget things, things don't get written down. So, I yeah. Don't know. So that's, that's kind of what we did this weekend. Um, it was a good time. What's, what's one thing that, like, you know, without giving too much away, something that you wouldn't even think is like that big of a deal, but that you guys have like already talked about now? in in these beginning discussions i'm just kind of curious because like even me playing in the league like i can only think of so many things you guys have to discuss before you know we actually get into the nitty-gritty and start playing wiffle um something that's not too important that we've already had to discuss i mean everything every detail matters you know what i mean everything ties yeah but like you're saying like oh like nitpicky stuff like this and that like like what's what's like one example that you guys already talked about one example just from like experience of this year was like 
and I don't even know if it was bad on opening day versus like throughout the rest of the regular season. But like I just started to notice that our bases just from playing in the rain. We had a couple rainy series in a row. The, the bases just started to get nasty. And like I would yeah. I'd see it and be like, oh, we need to clean the bases. But then like, you know, you get busy, the series gets played, and then like two days later I'm back at the meadows and I'm like, oh my god, the bases are still dirty. So like that was one thing right away. I'm like, I'm writing this down now that I'm gonna polish and whiten the bases, whether it's spray paint or I use like these magic erasers by Mr. Clement, nice. whatever it is, to make sure they're nice and white. But we're actually gonna get new bases for this year. So uh, okay. that's that's something small that you wouldn't really think of. But yeah, we're gonna have new yeah. bases just because our bags are in pretty rough shape. Even though they you can make something. We're look due good. we're due for new bases. We're due for, we some, due. for some new Those bags. Those things have taken some beating. Yeah, some exactly. beatings for sure. So that's one thing. Um like the pitcher's plate, um, another thing we're getting. Um, we don't really use a mound per se, but like the rubber, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. the mound. Um I'd say one nitpicky thing that you would never think of, but this is more for the gameplay sake and for the players of MLW is, um, you know, we're playing at this Metro Park, at this field um, that's not really maintained as well as we would like it to be. We do our best to kind of staff it ourselves, and they have a grounds crew team as well, but it's not like we're the Detroit Tigers here having a full-on grounds creeping staff on hand just for this field. You know, they have their they have their park facilities who cut the grass and do that kind of stuff, but baseball and football specific, no, they don't have any of that. So we were brainstorming solutions to fix actually the surface as to where people are pitching off of because you know that dirt is not the hardest there. But you can't use clay because we don't tarp it. We're not allowed to tarp it. So that eliminates the clay factor. And if you guys didn't know, clay is a super hard surface. So like it's basically like pitching off of cement, but it is a you know it'll give away slowly. And yeah. um, but you have to cover it when t- when clay gets wet, it turns into soup. So you cannot use it in rain. So we were brainstorming ideas about that. So just random stuff like that up to, you know, bigger scale things, like I said, like big, you know, cool events, kind of like how we had the Oklahoma series last year. That was like a one of a kind thing. It's like, okay, how do we do something like that or another step up? You know, how do we outdo what we did last year? And, um, you know, lining up the sponsorships, who, what sponsors want to return, um, what incentives we want to offer, what do we want to offer price-wise, that kind of thing. Um, new sponsorship opportunities, different ways we can brand and get brands exposure. So just all that kind of stuff. And there's probably so much we're forgetting, but I guess that's the fun part of doing it yourself is you just kind of figure it out as you go. That's right. But a lot of times though, it's only, it's only February. You know what I mean? So yeah, on the, on the note of the ground screw, I feel like maybe an early Christmas present we could give Mark Schultz is just the top of the line, top of the market shovel. That guy (laughs) just does so much work keeping that field and filling in that dirt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That might be one thing to improve. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just better tools. Yeah, stuff like that. Like that was another thing yeah. that has a list of items to purchase. Like whether it's expensive cameras, you know, thousand dollar items to items that cost five bucks on Amazon. Just random right. video props and tools, like you said. So just getting, More that, zip ties. getting that list together. <laughs> yeah, literally zip ties, twist ties yeah. for banners, all that kind of stuff. because um, it's so easy to it's so easy to get to the field and say, Oh, we need this and then like someone has to drive back or we don't even have it for that first day. Like it's so it's just hard to like put yourself back into that mental state of when you're getting everything ready to go versus right. sitting here now in a basement trying to figure it all out. But we've been doing it for several years, so we're it's getting better and better. But like I said, always trying to improve and make things run smoother. So and on the note of, you know, the big picture items, I wanted to talk to you, Jack. So yeah, Kyle was bouncing some ideas off me and I bounced a couple off him as to like big collaborative ideas or cool places to film or to bring a series, kinda like how we did the Oklahoma series last year, because that was a totally new thing for us. We never like relocated a regular season series like that before. So I wanted to ask you, if it was up to you, and it was only you were going to get yes for an answer no matter what from both Kyle and myself and the venue, what do you think is like your all-time dream as to where you could play one MLW series? Where would it be? What location? Ooh, like a, just a state in general, or and, like an like, actual like a, a, a venue, ballpark. like a place. Where would you want to play? Like one? a ballpark. I mean, sure. Oh, yeah. you could think. Think, I think big, it, Jack. Think big. Oh, think big. Think big. Oh gosh, I don't know. I just, I just think about like playing at the Meadows. Like, there's a lot of beautiful days in the summer, but there's also a lot of days that you know we've de- we've dealt with like the rain mm-hmm. and the and the wind and stuff playing like a big factor. I feel like it would be pretty cool to neutralize all of that and maybe play in some sort of dome on turf. Mm-hmm. And there, there is that there is that element, obviously, that's like w- interesting to watch, right? Playing on like real grass and stuff. Mm-hmm. But just to see how it would affect the game, 
And maybe we set up shop in Ford Field. We get we get some people in the stands somehow, you know, set that set that diamond up where it's facing into one of the corners of the end zone there. And we get some fans in the in the back. Mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty cool to play there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a football stadium is a great idea. And Ford Field, if you guys didn't know, is the home of the Detroit Lions. So local to us, kind of a, a, a cool venue for us where it, it hits home a little bit more compared to some of you fans who live elsewhere. But yeah, I think a football stadium would be super cool. Like you said, in a dome on turf would be a super cool thing to do. Um, if I had to pick one place, like dream, like the absolute dream of where we could play, I'd probably say like um, maybe like in right field of Fenway Park where the fence is a little lower out there. Fenway that would too, be yeah. so sick. Like to yeah. use the actual like right field pesky pole and then like mm-hmm. the part of the bullpen right there would be so cool to do cuz obviously you can't play on the green monster and left and even the fences in center field right. are too high but those fences in right field are nice and short kind of like similar to the meadows height where the monster is so like that's totally playable and uh, yeah for sure that would be i think so cool right field of fenway park that's my all-time dream i think for an mlw series R- Wrigley would be pretty cool too oh, because that it's would just be cool it's the ivy out there it's yeah and it's just like it's historical too yeah. and mm-hmm. you know like wiffle wiffle ball has been around for forever too maybe not as long as baseball but you know just just bringing it back to the roots i think wrigley would be cool i've also never been there so mm-hmm. for the if i got to play in that series you know the first time i ever got yeah that's, went to wrigley mm-hmm. i actually played on the field would be pretty cool yeah and that would be i guess a, a dream <laughs> i've never been to wrigley either i would love to see it um, want to know what stadium we're talking about baseball stadium specifically, what stadium that really impressed me? Obviously Fenway was insane. I went to Fenway for the first yeah. time when we went to Boston a couple years ago for the Boston tournament, the battle of Boston. Um, mm-hmm. but we, we were in Houston, we went to Minute Maid Park, home of the Astros. That field is so cool. Cause it's indoor. Like you said, it's a, it's a retractable dome. So it yeah. can be indoor outdoor. Um, I think, I hope I'm not wrong there. It's, it definitely it was covered when we were there, but someone fact checked me. Regardless, um, what's so cool about it is just talk about branding and how to add like sponsors to the meadows and stuff like that. There is not mm-hmm. an inch of that place that's like not covered with some sort of branding. Like even the foul poles, they have the Chick Fil A signs up and down, and like around wow. the entire. And it just which sounds kind of corny, like you can overdo it, like some minor league baseball stadiums like that that look cheesy, but it's so well done. It just is such a beautiful stadium. I don't know why, but it just really it caught my eye and shocked me. And I had seen so many games there on TV because there's been so much. You know, the Astros have been in the postseason a lot in the last decade. So I've watched probably besides like Tigers games in, at Comerica Park, I've probably watched the most games played at Minute Maid Park yeah. where the Astros play. So That's it was like awesome. it was surreal to see, and it was just so cool. I don't know something about it was just amazing. The way the light was coming in, it was sick. So playing one there would be really cool too. I haven't I haven't been to very many baseball stadiums but i have a kind of funny story i think you could relate to a little bit because after our uh after our graduation last year me and my buddies went down to fort lauderdale for Ooh. a little bit and nice. we decided we we decided we wanted to go to a, a marlins game okay and uh their stadium was their stadium was really cool um and like usual we were we're not really very prepared and about halfway there we're like talking in the car and like oh my gosh like we don't have any sunscreen like we're gonna be in the stands and we're just gonna fry like this is gonna be awful and i'm like especially worried about this because i like get sunburnt really easily yeah, too so now i'm like not even looking forward to like the game i'm like this is gonna be horrible this is gonna ruin my trip mm-hmm. and then we pull up and of course it's a dome yep like if you know anything about it it's a dome i don't know anything about baseball or stadiums and i just was like Oh gosh, I can't. I, it was just uh, a honestly, like, to be blonde, completely, blonde moment for me. To but. be completely honest with you, um, ten years ago when I would watch Sports Center every morning, followed pretty much every major sport to a T. Um, I would have known it was a dome, no matter what. Yeah, but yeah, really, really, the only reason I know that's a dome is because I've seen so many videos back back when Giancarlo Stanton was a Marlin, mm-hmm. plays for the Yankees now. But back when he was a Marlin, he's just I've seen so many videos of him hitting bombs there. That, like, I know what the stadium looks like, so I know it's a dome. Yeah. But besides that, like, the Marlins have been a very bad team for a little while now, so there'd be right. no need for me to see clips like that. So, yeah. I, honestly, it would have been me, too, where, worrying about sunscreen if I didn't know about Giancarlo Stanton. So I, I'm not going to totally blame you there. I'm not the best um, – I'm not the most up-to-speed guy when it comes to sports nowadays. I mean, I'm, I'm there. I'm better than your average Joe, but the fact that I kind of – 
I guess you could, some could say I have some sort of role in the sports having industry. audio issues again. Oh boy. Jack's got some audio issues as he sorts that out. I will finish my rant. Um, yeah, I'm not the most up-to-date guy when it comes to stuff like that. But in that case, I would have known. So how would that field fare for wiffle ball? You think doable out there at Marlins Park? I think that'd be great. I think, yeah, I, I, that's that's a great idea. It kind of fits my my theme of the dome. Mm-hmm. And we go see it, see a little bit different area, new mm-hmm. fan base. I think that'd be really cool. One thing logistically is, well, I guess Florida gives you a new audience a bit. But, you know, Ford Field... For the football field is a lot closer to us and easier to get to compared right. to Lions Park. That's a big, you know, big ticket right. item getting out there and stuff like that. But if the opportunity arose, I'm sure we'd make it happen. So, but I know we we really enjoyed, um, you know, filming a series at a different venue like that and allowing fans to come watch who are out of state, you know, who couldn't come watch the Meadows. So I know me and Kyle are, uh, you know, we're looking to do something similar like that again this year. Whether it's Oklahoma again or a different venue, we're uh, we're looking to make that happen. So stay tuned for updates on that. Um, other MLW news I wanted to get into is this Friday we are dropping a video on the YouTube channel and it is the MLW 2021 tour. And if you guys are kind of not up to speed on what that is, let me break it down for you. So as you guys know, we host a lot of different tournaments throughout the year. We travel to a lot of places for different events, that kind of thing. And in the past, we've kind of done a different video for each and every tournament, you know, whether it's the Wiffle and the Mitten tournament in Brighton or if it's, you know, when we had Long Island Whiffs out in New York, each tournament's gotten its own video. And while that's cool, and I really enjoy the videos, and it's fun for me to consume the content of the tournament because it's so hectic for me trying to run it, to consume it and watch it like that is really relaxing, and that's a different perspective. Um, it just hasn't really caught in the eye of the masses of our following. You know what I mean? Compared to, like, a regular season video that we upload, it doesn't quite perform as well. So Kyle had the idea of, like, you know, what if we just roll these tournaments and these events we have, what if we just roll all this into one large, like, vlog-type video? So I was like, dude, I'm down for, like, any type of change to see how it performs, how people like it. It's a different way to consume that kind of content. So I was like, yeah, let's go for it. So it's going to be a bit of a longer video. I expect it to be between 30 and 40 minutes, but it's got a lot happening, okay? We're going to start. It's everywhere we went over the 2021 season, so we're starting... With the Oklahoma series, then it was Peoria, Illinois for the Midwest Slugfest. Then it was back home to Brighton, Michigan for Wiffle and the Mitten. Then it was Indianapolis for NWLA tournament. Then it was Atlanta for the TBS event that Kyle and Jimmy went to. Then it yep. was York, Pennsylvania for UWIFs. And it was Rochester, New York for when Kyle, Daniel, and Alec went to the Dick Sporting Goods Nike event. And then it was Houston to wrap it up for the Texas Rumble. So we went a lot of places in 2021. Um, Like I said, some of them were our own tournaments. Some were tournaments we attended, and other were just various events. So I'm really excited to see this, guys. I have not yet seen the video. Kyle's been working on it for like three weeks now, I want to say. Just a lot of footage to go through and making that as exciting as possible. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, Jack. What do you think? Do you like this style video? I'm super excited for it. One, because I think whatever the little thumbnail preview that Kyle put up of them uh, sitting on top of that little platform or whatever just looks so cool. Yeah, we, we look Makes important look there. Like, <laughs> we look important. We look important in that thumbnail. Uh, yeah. So I, I that got me hyped. But also just like when you watch the, the videos of the tournament split apart, or even if you're not watching those and you're just you're seeing all the postings whenever we have a tournament to – sign up and things like and you know sign up for the tournaments or whatever Mm -hmm. that's one thing but to see them all put together and really you know sort of the the body of work that mlw did in one year Mm -hmm. traveling to all those different places all the accomplishments all the fans that we interacted with i'm i'm super excited i think it'll give a a a a better or, or just a greater perspective of really all that goes into mlw so i'm i'm really excited for the video yeah, I think you're right. I think it'll be a really cool, once again, for me, who is, is pretty involved and that did, was at the majority of those events, um, and you know, like I said, a lot of times it's a bit stressed out and it just goes by like, like in a blink. It happens so fast and I meet so many people, but then to be able to watch a summary of like your last year and all the traveling you did and the places you met, the people you met, the experiences you had just wrapped up into like a nice 40 minute compilation of everything. Yeah. It's going to be so refreshing and exciting. And I think too, it'll yeah. allow people to see, you know, like we said, when you watch just a single tournament in one video, 
Um, you know, it can get old and you're seeing the same faces over and over again, but you're going to see just how many different people were involved with, you know, the building blocks of MLW from our players to the fans we met to the other with wall players out there that we met from different leagues. Just so many different things we did. People from Nike, Dick Sporting Goods, the athletes that were there, the people at TBS, just so many different people that had their mark on the 2021 brick uh, that we laid for yeah. MLW will be, I think, really cool. And I'm super excited to watch it. It's kind of like just how your phone does the, you know, whether it's like Snapchat yeah, or like your actual exactly. photos app, it'll just kind of compile and be like, oh, here's your, you know, month recap or your 2021 recap. Mm-hmm. It's ba- That's basically what we're doing with this video. These, these are the types of videos that we're going to watch back in 15, 20 years from now and be like, wow, that was like, and, and, you know, we might have a lot of these. It could be, you know, five, six, seven years of these videos in a row until we change the style or whatever. Maybe this works forever. Who knows? But I'm saying... Just like having these 40-minute wrap-ups of every year is just going to be so yeah. cool to look back on. And once again, I don't expect this to be, especially initially, I don't expect this video to get 100K in the first week just because it's February. It's a bit of a lull for our content usually, but I think if done right, it will go up over time. People are going to enjoy it as this like you know vlog-style type thing. Yep. But um, I'm just really excited, I think- and I know the fans are going to love it. That's what's most important. I think so, too. The, the other cool thing about it, just like back on that, concept of perspective is like you can kind of think of the award show as sort of the culmination of the mlw playing season right the accomplishments mm-hmm. the things that happened that season in the league but what this video is going to do is give you the culmination of the entire business essentially the entire mm-hmm. organization and everything everything that we've done and it's it's just going to give you a, a much better view of that, I think, all in all in one spot, right? All in one video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think Kyle enjoys editing these types of videos too. I know he likes to tap into his, uh, you know, video production side of things too. In terms of like, was when you're knocking out one video per week during the season, where like that's where like the majority of our um, views and interactions and even revenue happens. But I know I think he really enjoys this side of it too, which is cool for him to get that experience and to create that final product. I know how satisfying that is now from like, you know, I've made a lot of one minute videos from, you know, MLW stuff or random stuff on my own, whatever. But it's not the same feeling as to putting together a body of work like that and then watching right. it back. It's so satisfying. Like even making the podcast, which only took me like, like I said, 14, 15 hours. That was so nice to sit back and watch and say, wow, you know, even though it didn't feel like I was doing anything, I just watched a video <laughs> for an hour and it, it looks pretty cool. So you got proof, you got proof and something to hang your hat on for, yeah. you know, your efforts and your work. So that's mm-hmm. very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's this Friday, guys, 4 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check that out. Drop a like and drop a comment. Let us know what you guys thought of the video. And then after that, we are going to have probably two weeks, maybe three. I don't make any promises. We'll have another video, which is going to be a banger. I'm excited about this one, but I'm not going to spoil Bang. it yet. So stay tuned. And then there is one more video we have as well planned prior to the draft. And for those of you who have been around for a while, you can probably guess what it is. But I, this year's style is a little different, so you're going to be a little thrown off. It's going to be a little curveball. You're going to be looking fastball. It's going to be a little first pitch curveball. So hey. two, <laughs> we have two are coming out and then two cool videos on deck. So uh, we got a couple bangers lined up for you guys to kind of wrap up the offseason and then after that, it's draft time. It's opening day time, and it's we're, crazy. we're rolling right along. So um, it's crazy how time flies. I feel like the season just ended, and we're like already getting into it. I know. I, what happened to January? January's just gone. I don't know. January just, <laughs> just evaporated in, in there. <laughs> Dude, I can't January, believe we're in February. Is there any concrete besides the photos that I took in Arizona during January? There's like no concrete proof that it even existed, which isn't true because I actually no, worked like really hard during January. But yeah. it happened so fast; it's like hard. Other than these podcasts, that's the only proof that we were up to. Anything, that's the cool basically. thing, Jack, because we're working hard and you're in school and I got a full time job and I got this stuff going on. Like we say, oh, January went by so fast. What did it even exist? Well, yes, it did exist. We uploaded four podcasts. Did. We uploaded an hour long podcast on YouTube. I went to Arizona for a weekend. I had a great time. I met people. So a lot happened, but it just it happened so fast. That's I right. um, a bit of an aside here. I was talking to my uncle one time. We spent a day together, like two years ago where he wanted to go check on like his um his deer blind for right before hunting season i'm not a hunter at all but Mm -hmm. you know i don't see my uncle too too often we get together now and then you know i feel like like most families do but you know we don't spend a lot of one-on-one time together for sure but he literally gave me a call on a whim on like a sunday morning and was like hey i'm going up 
to so-and-so to check on my deer blind. You want me to pick you up and then we can, you know, grab some lunch and dinner and then I'll drop you back off at Michigan State. And I was like, why not? I don't have too much homework today. Sure. So we sure. went. And the one thing that I remember from that day was he was, we were talking about school and just like my career and everything. And he's like, trust me. He goes, when you graduate college, he's like, five years will go by and it'll be like a blink of an eye and you're going to say, whoa, it's already been five years. And now that it's been like eight months since I graduated, like how has it already been eight months? That's been a yeah. blink. I can totally see how five years is going to go by so fast. So I don't know. Maybe I even think college went way faster than high school. So I think it just goes faster and faster and faster. I don't know. Just speeds up exponential. It's just growing. Well, is there a science for that, Jack? Because the science that I've heard behind that is that because as you get older, your metabolism slows down. So like mm. it's almost as if you're moving through time like time is moving faster as your body is slowing down does that make sense to you time is moving faster because well, you're fatter i don't i don't know jack this is just what <laughs> okay what what is what is what is metabolism speed what does that have to do with anything here's let's break this down it, it has to do with whether or not you have abs or not because that's why i'll never have abs because they're 85 90 percent genetic so you have a slow metabolism, metabolism. yeah Compared to other people. So maybe time's flying by for you always. I think so. I think so. <laughs> and I'm only going to put on well, more weight. Isn't, it, isn't your metabolism, like, we should do a Google, like how fast your body can process things. Isn't that what that means? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, directly related to your, like, digestion and stuff and how your body, like, uses its fuel. Metabolism is the chemical reactions in the body cells that change food into energy. So if your body is... It's like the scientific version of what I just said, right? It, you were spot on, Jack. You nailed it. Hey. So if your body... Let's see if I can justify the crazy thing that I just said into being true. <laughs> For the record, I didn't come up with that, but this is funny now. Um, if your body... <laughs> if your body is processing... If your cells are working at a slower rate than they, than they were as a child, if your cells, your cells are, will make up your body, right, Jack? Right, right. So if your cells are working slower, but time is moving at the same speed as always, could time perceptually be faster? Or does that make yeah, absolutely no I, sense? Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> now, now I'm kind of getting it. Have I sold you out like, yet? Yeah, because your body, your body is like processing your food and stuff faster, but like time hasn't slowed down. So it's taking you like it's, it seems like time is going by so fast to accomplish like the same task. Because like, like you processing food into energy, that's basically like your body living, right? Right, right. So if you're, if you if are. If you're living slower, if you're living slower, time is moving faster. In theory. That makes sense. Are, I think that checks out. <laughs> I don't think it does, but <laughs> let's pretend that that somewhat makes sense. That I think that was either an Alec Warner thing or a Chad Rensey thing who told me that. Or it could be a different family member. I don't know, but it's hilarious. And I Two think, great sources. I think at first I convinced myself, I said it out loud, I was like, that makes no sense. Then I read this and I kind of sold myself on it for a split second. And now I'm like, wait, this probably makes no sense. But if you're a doctor, uh, let me know if I'm crazy or not. But uh, that's today's TED Talk. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Enough of that nonsense of my scientific brain, which is actually idiotic. Let's jump into this week's Q of the Day. Q. 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 Of the Day. Thanks to all of you who have been submitting questions to be featured on the Q of the Day. If you'd like to submit one of your own and you haven't yet, please DM us on Instagram at PipeItUpMLW with your questions. This week's question comes from Joe Sindel on Instagram, and he says, this is for you, Jack, specifically. Oh, okay. He says, could Jack retell the story of when Chadwick drilled him in the head to lose game <laughs> two of this series versus the Eagles in 2020? 
I read this and laughed out loud. I was like, we should just revisit this story for those who have no idea what we're talking about right now. Why don't so you this break like, down what happened for us? If I'm remembering correctly, um, th- this basically comes from the fact that I just have no baseball experience. So the <laughs> the when you watch, for example, like the Diamondbacks, and you're like in awe of how flawless their defense looks. Mm-hmm. That's because these guys, whether or not they actually have baseball experience or just practice a lot as a team, they know where each other are going to be, mm-hmm. right? No matter where the ball is, no matter where it gets hit, they know where to be and they know where each other are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering correctly, this ball was was hit and I basically did like, nothing to help my team whatsoever. I basically just got in the way. Like it was 100% my (laughs) fault. I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere where I was supposed to be. I couldn't even tell you really what I was thinking um, (laughs) because it was a while ago, but like the next thing I know, I'm like ducking out of this throw from Chadwick who he's making the right play. Like he's doing what he was supposed to do. And I just happened to get in the way. So then yes, the ball thuds the back of my head. Uh, my ears are ringing and then, yeah, we lost the game and I was kind of like, wow, that was like, that was really bad. That was horrible. And that just, I, I feel like that you can just chalk it up to lack of experience. Like, you know, we make some plays here and there on the magic's defense, but I will be the first one to say that, like, you know, I can make the catches. I have some range, but when it comes to those like routine plays where like the ball comes here we constantly have to be talking about that. Like Mm -hmm. I I even will say like, all right, like I'll even ask the guys like, all right, what are we doing? Like Mm -hmm. ball goes here, you know, depending on who's on base or whatever, just because I need a little reminder. Cause it's one thing to know. And it's another thing to react when the ball is hit and have it be like, have it be like not muscle memory, but like you've done it so many times that you, it's, you you could do it with your eyes closed. And for me, it's like, as soon as the ball is hit, my brain is like short circuiting. So I, I, I think that like, what if it's in the air, I can get under it. You know, I can be an athlete, make a play, but like, if it's on the ground, I got to really like think for probably, you know, half a second to a second longer where I got to be. And in this case on that play, I did, I was in no situation or no, not the right place whatsoever. And I paid for it. You did. You did. And the team paid for it with uh, public embarrassment, but I will say, yes. um, it's not easy especially if you've never played the game before, but I'll say even myself, like in my opinion, my humble opinion, baseball, my entire life out of the nine guys in the field, I was always the most, I always had the highest baseball IQ in terms of where to be, where the play was, no matter where I was playing. I knew where everyone had to be and what everyone was supposed to be doing. But, you know, as the years have passed, it's been a couple years now since I've played, like, even wiffle ball now, I'll make boneheaded decisions. And, like, I still have that muscle memory kind of burned into my head. So, I've said this before on this podcast, I think, but for example, when I'm playing right field for the Mallards, it's the way you're positioned from home plate is very similar to a second baseman in baseball. So, a Mm -hmm. lot of times, on a ball put in play, my first instinct is to run towards second base. Like on the mm-hmm. left side, when in reality, I should be covering first as the first baseman in wiffle ball because I'm the only infielder on that right side of the field. You know what I mean? Right. So it's right. easy to screw that up. So as you, for you who never played before, I'll defend you here. Okay. But I appreciate that. With that being said, it did create a hilarious moment of the Magic, who are not having a great 2020 season at the time, playing the Eagles, ending a game by their own player chucking it and hitting another player in the head, like literally yeah. inches away. It was just. It was painful, and it's one of those things, too, when it happens, you're like, oh, God, that just happened. And then, like, it sinks in, like, oh, my God, it's going to be in the video. And then you forget about it for a couple weeks, and then, like, you see the video yeah. coming out tomorrow, and you're like, oh, no, this is when I get hit in the head. This is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> and then you kind of watch so it and relive it, and it's just like, oh, God. The thing, the thing is, too, is, like, when, when you're in the batter's box in our league, and, like, let's say you, you know, ball four, you get hit, or even in an at-bat, where, you know, you get hit in the middle of the count and we just count it as a ball and it doesn't appear on the video. Mm-hmm. Even if that even if that pitcher is throwing at the top of the speed limit, 72 miles an hour, if that hit you in the head, like, it might sting a little bit. It might hurt a little bit, but you're not going to be really, like, shook up yeah, about it. it, it not, not that I was shook up about it, but that was Jason throwing the ball 
throwing the wiffle ball as hard as he could to try to get it home. And I am like not even a foot away from his hand in that video. Like that thing hit me. That (laughs) thing hit me with maximum velocity right in the back of my head. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely a bell ringer. Like you said, like getting hit from, you know, 40 feet away at 70 is like, if it hits you right in the skin, yeah, it'll sting a bit. But like the back of the head, you won't really feel too much. But you got smoked at full speed. That's, it couldn't you have know felt what? good. Couldn't you live good. and you learn. You live and you learn. You live and you learn. I think you did try to duck for the record, but at that point it was like too late. It was like your body reacted after the events had already unfolded. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can't even like really remember how that play went down. I think my in my head, for whatever reason, I was going to first base. Like I was mm-hmm. going to go cover Once again, it's just a lack of base. knowledge. It's a lack of knowledge. Yeah, and it's something it was a lack to, of knowledge. to where if you want to be a championship contender, you got to, you know, got to clean those things yeah. up you know what I mean? we've since we've since adjusted a little bit i don't think we made any plays nearly that horrible in the 2021 season yeah so. i think everyone just needs to in this league if you want to work on your defense um and you have no where you don't even know where to start you have no baseball experience uh just study the diamondbacks style of play yeah For, that's about yeah. as good of a three-man defense as you're going to see and um even the wildcats did a great job in the in the world series yep. last year too so those two teams watching that series back should give you a good feel as to where you need to be and when but. And communication too. Like I kind of touched on, like you can kind of almost get in the wall of the game when you know, you know, maybe not a lot of guys are getting hits. Pitchers are throwing strikes, and you know, you might start the game and be like, all right, you know, one out, you know, guy here. If it's hit over to you, we're we're going here. Blah blah blah, whatever it is. But you mm-hmm. know, that's like super important. Like before every pitch, or you know, every new at bat, every new batter, you're kind of like letting each other know you're having a conversation in the field. All right, what are we doing? Who's got first? Who's got second? Because mm-hmm. as soon as you like get a little bit of a lull and then you get kind of a weird like chopper up the middle, it's like, oh, who's getting the ball? Yep. Who's doing what? And then that could lead to, you know, one, two, maybe even three runs, like depending on how bad the play is. And we've seen in wiffle ball, right? Like that makes a huge difference. You only play three innings. So the thing about baseball, Jack, and wiffle ball, and the reason why I it's a, it's a love hate thing, but football or basketball, you miss a shot, whatever. The clock continues to tick, right? Mm-hmm. In baseball, you could have two outs in the ninth inning. You make an error, and you may not get another out in that game. You may lose the game. There is no yep. timer that's going to save you. You need to get the outs, which is always yeah. always something I thought was cool about baseball. No clock. That in is baseball. really cool. That's actually that's actually good. Uh... That's good insight right there. I've never thought of it that way. You got to make the plays. You got to make the plays. So like you said, there's no, no one's going to bail you out. There's no clock to bail you out. There's no clock to bail you out. There's no, you know, guarantee. Like you throw a pick six, okay, at least you have the ball back in your hands. There's You make an error in baseball, right. that team's still hitting. You got to go out there and make the next play. So um, yep. they can things can multiply quickly in baseball, and there's no worse feeling in baseball, wiffle ball, than making an error and it te- costing your team outs and runs. You know what I mean? And wiffle ball, yeah. some of these harder games, you know, when people are struggling, especially, like, I think of, you know, this pitcher was already struggling to get outs, and I just gave this team a whole extra out. Like, it's just impossible to bounce back from, so super the only worst, The only worst feeling I could think of other than getting an error maybe in a wiffle ball game would be um, not necessarily counting a statistical error, but making a mistake in the field and then getting hit in the back of the head with a ball. <laughs> that one hurts a lot. That one hurts That one stings a little bit more than the air. Yeah, it may sting physically <laughs> and mentally. So, Joe, yeah. thanks for your question. I enjoyed, question. I enjoyed revisiting that funny memory that's long Me in the past of the Metro Magic organization. They are uh, consistently putting their best foot forward and uh, always improving. So I'm looking for this team to make a World Series push this year, hopefully to face the Mallards. But thanks again, Joe. Okay, Jack, we've talked some whiffs, as we always do. We always like to chop it up about a couple different topics as well. We have much more to offer to the world than just our wiffle ball careers and our wiffle ball analysis. So this is a topic that uh, we may have touched on in the past, but I wanted to bring it back to the viewer's attention and your attention. I don't know if you and I have ever had an in-depth conversation about it, but I wanted to talk to you specifically about, you know, I guess the media space, the content creation space, and kind of how it's evolved over the years. It's very relevant to us, obviously. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've been watching, re- recently I've been studying, uh, studying, I mean, that sounds, studying sounds like something that's a chore. I've been doing it because I enjoy it, but it's also, it is, you know, intentional and it's studying. I've been trying to watch interviews of other YouTubers, other people in the space, you know, listening and learning from them. And um, 
this one interview I watched previously mentioned that particular creator um, looking for like TV offers, like the opportunity to like have a show on Netflix instead of like posting on YouTube and or doing mm-hmm. both in parallel. So I wanted to ask you, there's a lot going on in the space right now in terms of, you know, like I said, content. There's people posting on YouTube for a living. There's people making television shows for cable. There's people making television shows for streaming services. Just so mm-hmm. many different opportunities to either do it yourself or to do it with a major network. And um, so that pertaining to us, you know, on YouTube, we, you know, we own the content, we upload the content, and we generate money um, from YouTube specifically just based on, you know, the ad revenue from the video. As, and there's opportunities to, you know, place your own ads into a video like, for, per se, you know, Kyle and I were to read about a brand for, you know, 30 seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we haven't done too much of that just because it doesn't always align with us well. And, you know, you don't want to oversaturate with ads. So right. regardless, there's that opportunity to make money. But, of course, you could also go elsewhere and, you know, get on TV. But then, you know, you lose a lot of your creative freedom. Um, you may be doing something outside of your comfort zone. It may not be reaching the audience like it used to be. So I want to know your thoughts on that. Like, do you think that opportunity to get on TV? Because, you know, 10 years ago, that was kind of like our goal. Like, one day we're going to be able to put MLW on ESPN. Like, we're going to be on TV. Do you mm-hmm. think that's, like, lost its, like, is it not as high on the pedestal as it used to be com- just with how visible YouTube is now to the masses? Or what do you think about TV and, like, if, in theory, that opportunity came to us, what's your honest opinion about it? That's, that's a good question. It's an interesting question. I think one thing to kind of keep in mind is the, you know, M- wiffle ball obviously counts as a sport. Mm-hmm. and um, you know, who, who's watching, who is really watching sports on TV. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's honestly like a pretty, pretty old population compare comparatively towards like towards the total population. Right. Okay. A lot of older people watch sports. People our age watch sports, but I think you would be surprised at the amount of, of, uh, kids and teens that are in sort of our target market that watch MLW that probably could like care less about the NFL really. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many other social media outlets, um, you know, applications, games, things to occupy these kids that I, I, I feel like sports in a way is um, I wouldn't say like a, it's not, it's not a dying industry, but I think the, the market, the, the, the consumers of it are sort of aging in a way. And why I think YouTube is good for that is because, you know, kids go on YouTube to watch all sort of all, all sorts of things, right? It's not mm-hmm. just MLW. They probably are subscribed to multiple different channels that they watch. Mm-hmm. But it's it's sort of like a one-stop shop to get everything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have cable, yes, you can, depending on your package, right, you get a lot of various stuff. But a lot of people now don't even have cable. Mm-hmm. They're they're watching sports probably through like Hulu Live or they even have like YouTube TV. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that YouTube, honestly, for the current the current market that we serve is is a is a pretty positive thing. Yes, would it be so cool to be on TV? Of course it would. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, is a is a sixty year old uh, baseball fan gonna like really dive into? our our content on like espn network probably not there's always those there's always those uh, uh there's always those streams on espn where you're like how is this even on espn yeah. mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's almost like you have to live up to the hype of the broadcast like the the channel that you're on right espn is like you know the name the name stay or whatever however you want to say it and like i feel like it would almost like you said, it would take away definitely from our creative ability, right? Our, our boundaries of sort of what we can put out there. But it's also like, I'm trying to think of like a good example. Like even, even sometimes like high school football, mm-hmm. like on ESPN, like you're yep. like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. They're on ESPN. Am I going to watch it? Probably not. Yeah. Like the, I'm going to turn ESPN on when it's like, you know, the big game. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's almost like when you put it on YouTube where it's like the person can watch it whenever they want. Right. They don't have to necessarily like DVR it yeah. and go back and like set all that up. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a it's it's a better platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really it's once again, I really don't have like a definite answer either. 
Um, and it, I think it applies differently to different types of content. You know, as you said, we, we do produce sports, um, which in my, in my opinion, this is just how I use cable. That's the only reason I even think cable is necessary mm-hmm. right now is live sports. I don't think the streaming platforms have quite nailed the live sports broadcast yet just because it seems like cable is always 15 to 30 seconds ahead and I want my sports live. That's you know true. what I mean? So That's I true. don't think that in that aspect, I don't think streaming has replaced cable yet. For live sports, that's it. However, I think this is all completely hypothetical, guys. Um, if, per se, MLW was to get picked up by ESPN and we had a contract with ESPN2 that we we're going to have our games on every week or whatever, um, number one, I feel like you are definitely going to reach a different audience because, yes, our biggest fans yep. from YouTube will be tuned in. But the casual viewer from YouTube will be gone, and now you will be left with the casual sports viewer who, like you just Mm -hmm. said, will say, "Mm, this is kind of interesting. I might watch this for five minutes, then find something else. But what's lost there is on YouTube, if you see an MLW opening day video pop up and you say, hmm, this is interesting, let me click on this. You watch that video and you say you get interested, you you get pulled by it. Say you give it a half hour, you watch the whole video. Then, if you're interested now, you can just click on MLW and see our channel and then see, wow, they've been doing this for years. And then the story is kind of right there for you to be told and to unfold right mm-hmm. before your eyes. Where if you're on TV, you probably have a lot of questions. These guys exist. Where'd they come from? How'd this happen? Just so many questions that it would be difficult to like really do a great job of storytelling as we've done for so many years on YouTube where we've like developed our fans. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Of course. That's kind of. I, I feel like that's, that's one. That's one it, observation that I have about. It, but a lot of things would come into play. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know how lucrative the money is on a TV deal. I've never seen a TV contract in front of me before. I have no idea what that would look like. But that's yeah. just my first that thought. That and you know we have complete control as to how the content is delivered right now, which I love. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that be what you said sort of like I think that aligns actually pretty well with like the back. I know I was talking for a while, but like the back half of what I said, where it's like. Exactly like you said, right? You might tune in and watch like one game or like one series of MLW, but if you if you don't know about the league, even if you're interested and you're like, oh, I want to watch more, like mm-hmm. when is when, when can I see this again? Yeah, it's like There's you you might not so even know. Like depending on our contract, you might not even know when that's going to come There's out. There's so much more marketing that has to be done because YouTube does it for you. It's called an algorithm. So if right. you, if the YouTube caught you clicking on two different MLW videos and you spent over ten minutes on each of them. The next time we post, it'll probably be in your top five videos when you log in the next time, and you'll see it and be like, oh, these guys posted again. Let me check this out. Right. There's no, like, notification on your TV unless you set up a, like, DVR recording. <laughs> like, that's exactly, been for yeah. 10 years. It's so difficult to, like, so, quote-unquote, subscribe to something. You know what I mean? And you need just so much money invested into marketing, which, you know, a network would do for you, but then you got to be watching constantly to know it's coming and all this kind of stuff, and it's like... I don't know. I've seen other YouTubers take a crack at it, and I know for a fact some of them haven't gone as good because it only lasts for one season. So I I like you know the thought of you know owning your content, producing it yourself, uploading it yourself, and I do think YouTube is kind of. I don't think YouTube's going anywhere. I I've said it before. I don't think streaming has like replaced cable for live sports yet, and maybe the bigger names in streaming will adapt to that, like such as YouTube TV, Hulu Live, whatever Mm -hmm. it may be, but. I haven't, but like, for example, if I would had to say, someone said, okay, take half of your bank account and invest it in a streaming service, I don't know what I would do because nothing is like sold me yet. And I like to like invest in stuff that I believe in fully. But I yeah. do think like YouTube, in terms of the way you can deliver content, I don't think that's going anywhere. I think that's here to stay. Yeah. So I think so too. I, I like it I as think a YouTube, platform. Yeah. I think YouTube is kind of like, in its own unique space in that regard, right? Like it's not like a TV streaming uh, program, but at the same time, you can essentially watch TV on it, you know, no, yeah, or you, you can really watch, can. like you can watch sports, you can watch highlights, like all that stuff. Well, no, like I know even for you and I, I don't know how much TV you watch, but you know, people say like, oh, the phone's like becoming the TV, like YouTube is like the new cable, that kind of thing. I think even for, like, I have a couple cousins that are younger, like, that's all they do is watch their favorite YouTubers. They don't watch any cable whatsoever, nothing. It's crazy how it's replaced that. And there's, like, a Gary V line saying, like, 
people like when the TV was the new thing, it was like comparing the TV to the radio. Like the radio was the old thing. Well, now right. the TV is the radio, and your phone is the TV. You know what I mean? Like it's the next. Right. It's the next thing, and but, it's been that way for a decade. But now, like the technology is just developing so fast to where, like I said this on this podcast before, I think, but like I don't think YouTube was really ever developed with the intent of people producing you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in the one single YouTube video, like guys like right. Mr. Beast is doing and Dude Perfect is doing, um, right. are, are doing, my bad grammatical error there. But that's the point it's gotten to. And um, right. I think YouTube's here for it. They're on board with it. Um, advertisers realize that there is so many more eyes on this than live cable. I mean, you look at Mr. Beast putting up you know, 50 plus million views per video. That's unheard of on cable. You know what I mean? No yeah. one, at one point in time, you run a commercial, you don't, there's no guarantee of how many people are going to view that, are, are going to be watching that live. But your right. YouTube ad in a video, that's not going anywhere. People can click on that whenever they want. You know what I mean? So it's, right. it's appealing to the ad, the advertising companies. So, um, and you kind of, you kind of, uh, you kind of echoed my first point there where, like, I mean, whether, whether or not you want to agree with it, Kind of just how I was talking about how sports, the market, the consumers are are sort of aging in the sense where you just said it right. It used to be the radio, mm -hmm. and then we got cable. So as kids, when we were when we were watching cable, it was like, all right, you know, let's just say you had a hundred channels, mm -hmm. twenty five of them or twenty of them, maybe fifteen of them are sports. Mm -hmm. Then you got some other movies that you've seen already. Mm -hmm. You're gonna probably click on the sports, right? We're gonna watch the sports. Yep. Maybe we'll watch a, a couple funny TV shows here and there. Mm -hmm. Now, like you said, the TV, the cable is the old radio. So the kids nowadays, right, they're looking at their phone. They're not watching TV as much. They're not exactly. watching the random sports game on TV. Mm -hmm. They they can sit on their phone, their phone and YouTube for 10 hours and hit 15 different subjects. Yeah. They could start watching an MLW video. And by the end of their experience, they're a master in sleight of hand magic tricks. <laughs> like they, the possibilities are endless. We've like, all been there. Let's be honest. <laughs> cable. We've all been there, but like cable comparatively is so boring. No. Yeah, and like, why is. would you, why would you as a little kid even like waste your time watching that? And that's, that's, that was my point really in the sense of like, you know, there's just so many more outlets that less and less people are going to pick to be interested in like, football and mm -hmm. baseball like as young kids right they're going to be interested in other stuff that just, they find on youtube yeah that's they're going to be interested thing. in fortnite they're going to be interested in you know whatever it is mm -hmm. yeah there's just so many like i feel like growing up like when we were kids you know this is not that long ago this is me and jack in our childhood like 15 years ago you know what i mean like but a lot has changed a lot, a has, lot changed. has changed this yeah. will prove to you how much has changed like i feel like when you and i were growing up like especially like the people I mean you were hanging out with, like we all wanted to be, you know, pro athletes or whatever it was. Like that was the dream yeah. because that's what we saw on TV every day. Like there was athletes and there was movie stars, I guess, and there was like rock stars. Those are the cool people. You know what I mean? People yeah. that we see on TV. But now people are like, oh, I want to be a gamer on YouTube or I want to make a, if a girl says, I want to make like a makeup channel and have my own makeup line. Like that wasn't people, that wasn't something people dreamed of before because they didn't even know that was a thing as a child. Now they're right. exposed to so much more growing up like it's crazy to think about like i don't even know how many other like different passions i would have found as a kid like if i would have had that amount of content available to me because like yeah i like exactly. sports because well i mean i like sports i still do but like no wonder i like sports i watched it all the time as a kid because that's what was on and i i liked there's only so many options you know what i mean right i mean i bought my first iphone i want to say in seventh probably i think eighth grade mm -hmm. and like how many like what what do you realistically think the percentages of kids like who have iphones who are probably younger than that like i i oh, i feel like crazy. kids are in like you know fourth and like fifth grade and they've been watching youtube for like three years already on their iphone no yeah dude it's crazy because like, even even maybe younger it's like, like seen as a real career now people can see how much money people are making on youtube compared to when we were kids and even like I have a cousin who's a freshman in high school, and she stopped, unfortunately. But, like, when she was in eighth grade, she uploaded, like, four videos to a YouTube channel. And they were honestly really good. Editing was solid. They were, like, interesting. And I was talking to her. I was like, you could do this. Like, think about it. You're 14. And, like, this is, like, an option yeah. to you. Like, when we were your age doing this, like, this wasn't a career. It was just fun. Yeah. No one was doing this at the scale people are doing it now. So, 
just a lot of opportunities out there. It's cool. And just to like reiterate what I was saying before, it's like, all right, time to watch TV. We scroll through the hundred channels. Mm -hmm. Don't like anything. All right, let's go play outside. Yeah. Versus like, let's open YouTube. Oh, scroll, scroll, scroll. (laughs) Don't like it. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Don't like it. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Watch one video. Oh, two and a half hours have gone by. Scroll, yeah. scroll, scroll. Like the, the, it's literally endless. But that's also the sad thing is playing outside is great. Everyone needs to play outside still. But yeah, you gotta go outside. This conversation's gone awry because now we're talking about technology these days. But no, I think everything we said is true, and uh, it's a good talking point and something I like to explore and consider as the media changes. What's the next thing? Is the crazy thing? Like we probably can't even imagine what's going to be in twenty years. Is how much different opportunities are I can't, out there. I, yeah i don't even know i can't even begin I, I mean, to like vr vr is next for sure i don't know how long it'll take but that's for sure next pretty soon the phone will be the quote-unquote radio and the vr headset will be the tv you know what i mean for sure yeah i agree with that but uh, it's exciting i do feel like it's harder to like keep up with all the newest latest and greatest technologies you get older i mean even now we're in our 20s and i feel like i'm like not up to date on the newest like social media i'm not a big tiktok user and all this kind of stuff but it's exciting. I'm excited for our children to be able to experience the coolness stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But interesting topic. In summary, with some bullet points here, Jack and I think, A, YouTube is a great platform for MLW. B, YouTube is a cooler and better way to digest content compared to cable. And point number three. <laughs> Go outside. Point number three, keep playing outside. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to TED Talk number two. I've been noticing, guys, that every time I like pick up the mic after a transition, I go, all right. And I'm <laughs> getting sick of hearing myself say it every time I edit, so I'm going to stop doing it. So moving along to the conclusion of this week's episode, appreciate you guys for tuning in once again. Um, I think it'd be a shame if we didn't just touch on the Super Bowl really quickly. We've been talking about it a lot. It's been a great postseason yep. so far. Jack and I, I think, are both riding with the Rams. Go Stafford. Rams defense yes, is just too strong. I don't think Joey B can keep the magic going, but I wish him the best of luck. I truly do, but it's go Rams yep. over here. Go Rams. My score prediction, you can write this down because it's probably going to be 100% correct. I have the Rams winning 24-20 to 20 wow. against the Cincinnati that's a, Bengals. That's a barn burner. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think Joey B is going to you know, make some plays, do a lot. Uh get his team into field goal range at least. We've seen Evan McPherson with an absolute boot. Yeah, like He'll probably a hit a 45-yarder and maybe a 52-yarder. That'll get him to 20. Mm-hmm. And I think Stafford, you know, Cooper Cup, I mean, OBJ, they're probably going to run the ball. I don't know. I think 24 is a realistic point total for for them, and 20 is realistic for the Bengals, even with how good the Rams' defense Because you know Joey B is going to make some plays. I'm going to go... I think it's going to be low scoring, Jack. I'm going to go 23 to 23 to 13 Rams win. That's my guess. Okay. So I like that too. I we'll like see. that too. We'll see. I um if the Bengals win, I'll be shocked, but they've shocked me three times now. So, I mean, if they, I guess I won't be too surprised at the end of the day. Yeah. But I think the majority of people in Michigan as we said are going to be rooting for the Rams. I think most people I'll be watching the game with will be rooting for the Rams. But one thing I wanted to share with everybody listening, and Jack, I think Jack will find this kind of comical. We talked about last week how Joey B is kind of America's sweetheart right now, and everyone's rooting for him besides people who like Stafford and like the Rams. But I got an interesting DM from somebody who was tuned in. It's Patrick Ballman, and he says, I'm telling you myself, as someone who lives in St. Louis, everyone in Missouri hates the Rams because they ripped the team from our city. So everyone in Missouri (laughs) is rooting for the Bengals, LOL. So I think it's literally only bandwagoners in LA and Detroit. I think literally Michigan has the most Rams fans this weekend and maybe the only Rams fans. I don't know. For sure. For sure. I don't think there's enough bandwagon LA Rams fans to to beat the Michigan populace who's all rooting also just like i mean the Bengals are great they're fun to watch but if you're from michigan you're probably not a big fan of ohio regardless of what college or university you root for so we're probably not going to favor cincinnati you know as a state population no i would say probably uh, you know of the people who watch football 
nine, 90% of those people who watch football in Michigan are rooting for the Rams. Yeah. I'd say at least 90, at least 90. Maybe yeah. the girls rooting for Joey Burrow. Cause like I said, he's the sweetheart right yeah, now, but exactly. we're rooting for the Rams. And if Stafford loses to Joe Burrow, I will be disappointed. I'll be happy for Joe Burrow, but come on, Matt, you got this baby. Yeah. Let's go. Fire up. Come on, Matty Ice. This one's for Detroit. You know it. He, he knows it, too. He, this one's for the dude. No, he knows it, dude. He knows all he his He knows it. He, dude, him and Kelly have been saying, like, the Rams games have less Rams fans than the away team. They're fed up. He knows yeah. this is for Detroit. So He knows. It's sad that's come to this point as Lions fans, but um, we're going to enjoy this. and uh, <laughs> Might be as close as we ever get to a Super Bowl. So, go Rams. Maybe I'll post a story or two during the game, but I, I, if you guys aren't football fans, I would recommend tuning into the Super Bowl. It's a, it's a great event. Um, yep. I think most of you guys are, but just saying if anyone. And who's not. the halftime show? Do we know the halftime show? Yeah, it's all the. Is it? It's the big name old school rappers like Eminem, yeah, Dr. Dre. Yeah, it's all like Let's the go. early two thousands guys. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But uh, thanks again, fellas and ladies who are tuned in, if there are any at all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's read it. My mom's probably listening. Shout out, mom. Yeah, shout out to mom. My mom's not listening. No way. But uh, thanks, thanks everybody. Well, uh, we'll see you later. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the outro.